Welcome to the recap, part of Pastoring Out Loud, where we recap the previous week's sermon. Recap, or reacting excessively to capricious antidotes, antidotes? Yeah, anecdotes about perishables. Because apparently Nick thinks I'm the Brad Pitt of the podcasting world. <laughs> you might want to define what you mean by that. <laughs> mm, obviously, suave, debonair, and always eating. M- model. <laughs> Model quality here. Always eating. Am I always eating though, Nick? You're not today. You mean always eating during the recap yeah. or during podcasts. Yeah, yes. Okay. That's what I mean. I don't think that's true. I think that's an excessively capricious anecdote about perishables. Just just making an observation. So here I am reacting against that. Well, you preached on two whole chapters of the book of Genesis, I all did. of which was read out loud. Nope. Oh, it wasn't? Nope. Why don't we do that, Nick? Because that would have taken a long time. And, I mean, reading God's word out loud, you know. We did do that. Don't want to waste our time. We did do that. Reading we read it out loud. every verse. Oh, right, right. Okay. So uh, you preached two whole chapters in about 40 minutes, give or take. 36. Oh, wow. Look at you. Rounding up 40 minutes. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Um, so... Nick, uh, you started out with an interesting illustration about <clears throat> Brittany, mm-hmm. who yep. is your- My sister. And what was the illustration that you said, that you uh, gave to us? That she was very uh, strong-willed and stubborn as a child. <clears throat> Indeed, she still is. Uh, Hi, Brittany. And I, I called her and told her the story, and she the only thing she said was, did people laugh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! You told her after you shared it. Uh huh. Ah, you didn't ask permission. No, no I you, didn't. Do you I owe did, her money? I did not need to. Okay, all right. And, so, then, and, and then she said, "Yep, still strong-willed and stubborn." And the analogy <laughs> there. So is, we were walking into uh, the grocery store. She was about four or five, and I was, you know, eleven or twelve or something like that. And my mom said to her, "Brittany, hold my hand." And Brittany looked right at her and said, "No." I'll hold my own hand. And that was kind of the picture that I had in my mind for Jacob uh, in his life, striving, scheming, doing things in his own strength, uh, having his contingency plans. And even as God is guiding him and caring for him, he's like, no, I'll hold my own hand. Thank you very much. Until this story. So Jacob goes from, I want to hold my hand to, I want to hold your hand to God. Yes. Okay. Changes the pronoun my to your. Um, Why don't you walk us through your outline? Yep. So uh, I started point number one. uh, Jacob is assured of the presence of God. Um, And so I just noted that uh, as he was leaving the promised land uh, back a few chapters ago on his way to find a wife, uh, he had this vision of the angels descending and ascending on the stairway. And now as he's coming back into the promised land, the angels meet him again. Uh, and so I think that the point here is that God's presence has indeed been with him, his abiding presence throughout all of the ups and downs and all of the trials and the trickery and the things that have gone on, even his own sinfulness. God has been there guiding and preserving and working these things out. Um, so he assures him of God's presence as he's about to re-enter the promised land. And he needs, uh, that assurance because he has one more obstacle 
uh, Esau is coming at him uh, and he's bringing 400 men with him. <laughs> so point number two, then jo- Jacob turns from himself to God. So he does his own, his normal Jacob thing, makes his plans. I'll divide my camp. So if one is overtaken, perhaps I can save some. And he is scheming, I'll send these people first and these people second, and I'll give them the, these gifts, all these things. Uh, and yet I think that he's he's realizing even as he done, does that, uh, this is probably not gonna be enough. So he cries out to God with a really great prayer. Um, that a lot of commentators have noticed like just the similarities between this prayer and the penitential Psalms where he remembers God's promise. He cries out for help, asks for deliverance. Uh, he confesses his own unworthiness, right? Uh, and then he again remembers God's promise to him. So it's a great prayer. So Jacob is even in the midst of his scheming here, he's turning to God, right? He's asking, I need your help here. Um, so he's turning to God. So what's going to happen? And then point three, um, Jacob possesses God. So this is the moment where he, he sends his camp out ahead of him and he's left all alone. And this man, I'm doing air quotes. You can't see it on the podcast. They can't see on the podcast. Yeah. I'm talking to them. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so this man comes and wrestles with him all night and, uh, Jacob will not let him go. And it's uh, revealed that this is not just a man, but it's the presence of God. It's a theophany, a physical manifestation of God. Hosea 12 says that uh, it's likely the angel of the Lord. Um, So he's wrestling with God here and he refuses to give up. He says, I will not let you go until you bless me. Um, And so he strives with God and he finally turns from striving in his own strength to turning to God and grabbing hold of him and saying, I'm not gonna let you go, I need you here. And so it's at this point that his name changes from Jacob the trickster to Israel, the one who has striven with God and man, um, and the one who strives with God. And he's, he's finally said, okay, I'm done holding my own hand as it were, <laughs> I'm gonna hold on to you. So then point four, Jacob makes it home. So this is kind of the culmination. Uh, he meets Esau, and God has answered his prayer for deliverance. Esau is no longer against him, but for him. And um, through a, a, a series of, you know, catching up as brothers and they're going back and forth and Esau is like, come to my land. And Jacob says, eh, okay, but then he actually doesn't and he goes home. So Jacob is still proving that he's a work in progress, but he eventually makes it home. So we have you know, all along we've been talking about God's people enjoying God's presence in God's place. And we have all three here, right? His presence, God's presence is with Jacob, has been with him. He's now God's uh, and he's made it home to God's place. And so the, the application was he got Jacob home enjoying his presence and he's gonna get you home too. Good. So that's where we went. Good. So a couple questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody's, you know, heard you preaching, heard theophany, you know, appearance of God, theo, mm-hmm. God, any appearance or observation. Um, and then, you know, you said as the angel of the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, break it down for me. Like how can a theophany, an appearance of God be also an angel? Yeah. 
I, I don't know all the intricacies of how exactly that give me, works. Give me but, 60 seconds of, well, of top level of your understanding. My top level is that it's the angel of the Lord is the presence of God. Okay. And it, I, I just get that way because it's, it talks about he strive, you know, it strove says he God. strove with yeah. God. Yeah. So it was with God. God renamed him here. Mm-hmm. And it Hosea says, 12. Hosea 12, that he strove with an angel. Okay. So it's the angel of the Lord, which is the presence of God, which is the same thing I think that happens with Moses uh, at the burning bush. Is that? Yep. So is he called the angel of the Lord? Mm-hmm. The angel of the Lord came into the bush. Yeah. yeah. I mean, which could also be like uh, in Genesis 22, where three men appear to Abraham and Sarah and one man stays. Um, it could also be a handful of other texts where we're seeing s- similar kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I think for the average person, if they hear like God and angel, um, you know, so I have friends that are, um, you know, Jehovah's background, Jehovah's witness background. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. that are like they think of Jesus, for instance, yeah. as an angel, mm-hmm. you know, a created being. But the way that the Old Testament seems to speak about it is there's a there is an angel, or maybe it's a series of angels, who knows? Like, but some some presence of God that's so intimately connected with who God is mm-hmm. in some sense that it like it leads people to worship. So it's like it's like Daniel ten and Revelation one, <laughs> where the description of the person that meets Daniel and the description of Jesus are really, really, really close to each other. Right. Like like it completely knocks Daniel on his face, knocks John on his face. There's some kind of mysterious way that an angel of the Lord, a messenger of the Lord can also be like the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like can right. also be God himself. Right. Um, or, you know, so intimately connected with God that he comes bearing God's own voice. Or, yeah, exactly. You know, other things yep. like that. So what about uh, in the midst of all of Jacob's wanderings, Comings and goings. Mm-hmm. Is this the last time that we're going to see Esau or any remembrance of Esau? Uh, that's actually a good question. I'm not, I don't remember exactly. I think, is it just the funeral of their dad? Isn't it just the burial of Isaac that yeah, we yeah, see yeah. him again real fast? In a yeah, few that's chapters? right. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't remember exactly. I think that's, that's, Right, but I don't know if he—I don't know if he's a major part of the story anymore. No, he's not really. Yeah. Um, yep. yeah, the end of thirty-five. Sure. And then we get, then we get, you know, uh, a ton. Of, we basically get a whole chapter on the descendants of Esau. So he's sure. showing yep. up still. Yeah, that's in right. Some significant way, even if he's not being directly referred to. Certainly, one thing that's maybe exciting. Um, you know, for the purposes as we keep going in Genesis, is that Jacob and Esau have a measure of reconciliation, or at very mm-hmm. least, Esau isn't ready to kill him. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, which is kind of what uh, you know. Basically, um, you know, Isaac and Rebecca were like, "If you get out of here, his his anger will abate eventually." Kind of seems like that's happened. Mm-hmm. And so, even if we don't have a lot of detail, there's been maybe a small level of redemption for Esau, at least in the context of the story. Yeah. Even if he's not a truly worshiping Yahweh or anything like that. Um, but at least his relationship with Jacob has been reconciled uh, to some measure, yeah. which is going to matter for another brother and his brother, an older brother and right. a younger brother that are coming in a few, yeah. few chapters. Absolutely. There are certainly patterns that repeat in Genesis yeah. Yeah. over and over. And it was kind of foreshadowed a little bit in this text. Yeah. With uh, 
Jacob or Joseph being held back furthest from danger when they went to meet Esau. Yeah. And that's a foreshadowing of the years of favoritism mm. that led to a lot of resentment towards Joseph from yeah, his brothers. A younger brother and a particularly angry older brother to come. Right. Um, so anything else you'd say about text, Nick? Anything else that you would have wanted to expand on had you had time, you know, 36 minutes and, you know. If I had 38? 30, 30, yeah, if you, had, <laughs> if you had 40 minutes or if we were one of the churches that, you know, rocks the hour and a half sermon. David, David Livingston actually, you know, said that, told me that he heard Tim Keller speak on this once and he views this as a really good, um, maybe a, a passage to use in evangelism, just like oh. talking about the story of Jacob. And Keller's observation, uh, which I think is at least fun to think about, <laughs> is uh, that God often has to get you to the place where you're alone with him. You've got no one else. You're just with him. Everyone else is left. And then he, before he can deal with you <laughs> and before there's a, a moment. And I, I think that's a good observation that the Lord yeah. finally had to bring him not only to the end of himself, but he's, I've got nowhere else to turn. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Nick, thanks for preaching, man. Yeah, it was a joy. 